0: Listening to the Agent Survival Guide Podcast, and this is the Friday 5 for May 26th, 2023. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we are kicking off the Memorial Day weekend today. We've got an assortment of news for you, starting with number one: more certification news. Late last week, AHIP, America's Health Insurance Plans announced the dates for their annual Marketing Medicare and Fraud, Waste, and Abuse training certification. For quick background, these training courses are required by most carriers for an agent to be considered ready to sell Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D plans. AHIP training serves to educate agents about compliance rules and regulations within those Medicare programs— And the more educated and certified agents there are out there, the more protected the Medicare population will be. And that is what we all want. On Friday, June 16th, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, the 2023 Medicare and FWA training will be pulled from the site. On Wednesday, June 21st, the new 2024 AHIP Medicare and FWA training will go live. So 2023 training comes down on June 16th. 2024 goes live on June 21st. If you need to complete AHIP certification for the 2023 plan year, the clock is ticking to be able to do that just three weeks left before the 2023 certification training will no longer be available. Number two, Medicare Advantage hit a significant milestone this year. And it's one that if you've been in the industry for the past few years, well, we've all been wondering when it was going to happen. The official date, January 2023, according to the most recent CMS data. And the milestone event Enrollment in private Medicare Advantage plans has hit the 50% mark. In official numbers, it's 30.19 million beneficiaries out of 59.82 beneficiaries in both Parts A and B of Medicare. So percentage-wise, it's a smidge above 50%, but not quite 51%. When I started in the industry back in 2016, Medicare Advantage enrollments made up just 33% of overall enrollments. So that growth is just tremendous, watching the numbers gradually tick up year after year. Of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg on industry data from the Kaiser Family Foundation. Definitely too much of a milestone not to mention. Last year, KFF published an analysis at the tail end of August with a lot of fresh statistics. Not sure if we're going to see something so all-inclusive this year or if we'll see information broken out by specific topic, but an exciting statistic, if you're quoting that in any of your materials, definitely want to update those numbers. Number three, another interesting study this one squarely in the retirement age demographic of Medicare, titled, Cost-Related Medication Non-Adherence and Desire for Medication Cost Information Among Adults Aged 65 Years and Older in the US in 2022. Worded a little bit differently and perhaps more concisely, how often are adults 65 plus not taking their prescription medication, as indicated, because of high cost. The study found that 20.2% of respondents, so one in five, quote, reported any cost-related medication non-adherence, end quote. What I find most interesting is that most respondents were open to the idea of having a conversation about cost and using a real-time benefit tool. Specifically, 89% were, quote, comfortable or neutral about being screened before a physician's visit for wanting to have medication-cost conversations, end quote. And then just a smidge more, 89.5%, quote, indicated a desire for their physician to use a real-time benefit tool, end quote. There were a few other stats and numbers in that report. And yes, it was a study of patient interaction and expectation with their doctor. But I think it's relevant for our industry as well. And here's why. For one, it shows that price is an important factor in deciding on a plan. Whether we like that or not, we've got to pay attention to a client's budget. We've got to be having those conversations. And two, I think it shows that beneficiaries are willing to have a conversation about cost, that it's maybe not the taboo subject that it once was, and that a conversation with someone who could help at some stage of that process, whether it's education or actually helping find a plan that better covers prescription needs, there are a lot of factors agents need to be thinking about. And then the bonus— This is a great study to put in your client newsletters to help ease that conversation around the subject of cost and budgets. We'll be linking to a few different articles and the JAMA Network publication of the study in our notes. Number four, Apple has made it no secret that they are invested in health tech and there's a very cool accessibility feature coming with iOS 17. It's called Personal Voice, and if it performs, as suggested in the news clips I've read through, it's going to make voice banking much less expensive, time-consuming, and, no pun intended, more accessible. Voice banking is basically what it sounds like. You record yourself saying a variety of words in different combinations, and then that data is processed and turned into a voice assistant that sounds just like you. All you need to do is type in the words, and your banked voice can say them aloud. Very cool feature, especially for those who have medical conditions that result in a change in their speech or the complete loss of the ability to speak. But as I mentioned, Current voice banking methods require close to 1,500 phrases. There's the time it takes to record all of those phrases, and then the cost of recording them, uploading them, and paying for the banked voice. From what I've read, Apple's personal voice will walk users through the process in about 15 minutes. And then you've got a banked voice you can hold on to if you need it in the future. And you can also use it with Apple's live speech. So when you send a message, you can send a message that sounds like it's coming from you, not a robotic synthesized voice. Very cool feature. Definitely looking forward to trying that out. You know I'm going to have to try having it do at least a couple lines for the podcast. And I suppose I would be concerned about the whole nefarious use case possibility, but I mean, I host a podcast. I think that ship has sailed. I will be keeping an eye on this and reporting back, both in my voice and my banked voice. Number five, it's been a little bit since we last spoke about Twitter. Linda Yacarino was named CEO and the social media platform is still hanging on. We're also still full steam ahead with a bunch of Twitter replacements. Mastodon is still kicking and trying to simplify the sign-up process. Blue Sky is still in public beta, but apparently only sending out invite codes every other week now. I keep reading good things about the app. I would love to give it a try, but it really seems like they are trying to keep user numbers in check and not get ahead of themselves. But the latest contender for a Twitter replacement comes from none other than Meta, which I want to say that I'm surprised, but I'm not really surprised. The company has been working on a standalone app that will integrate with Instagram. That means that user handles and verification checkmarks will transfer over to the new app. Meta will notify your followers that they can follow you on the new app. And according to TechCrunch, quote, Meta's text-based platform will be decentralized and interoperable with Mastodon. End quote. There are a couple screenshots floating around that show an app view that is similar to Twitter users can upload text, images, videos, and links with the character limit set at 500 for text and a five-minute cap for videos. Like Twitter, users will be able to like, reply, and repost content, the latter of which not so easy to do on Instagram without help from a third-party app. Restrictions from Instagram will carry over to the new unnamed app. So if you have a fear of spiders and you have those hashtags blocked, they'll be blocked on the new app as well as any accounts featuring spider content that you might have blocked. I think the price tag for meta verification is starting to make a little more sense with this announcement. $14.99 a month seems much more reasonable when you've got a Twitter clone with this much potential, bundled in along with Instagram. Now, early reports suggest that we could see this app available for download as early as late June, so possibly within a month. Meta has branched out in some interesting ways in the past, some that have worked, some that have absolutely failed, so it will be interesting to see where this particular one lands. Rupel recommends. Streaming recommendations for June. There are a handful of picks I found to share with you today. Not much, though. And I think the sad part is that we have been at not much level for a few months now. Regardless, our list begins on June 7th, premiering on both Disney Plus and Max. Avatar, The Way of the Water, the much-anticipated sequel to the James Cameron blockbuster Avatar. On June 9th, another shared title, this time between Disney Plus and Hulu. Flamin' Hot is the documentary of Richard Montanez, a janitor at Frito-Lay, whose Mexican-American heritage was the inspiration behind the popular snack. And if you've never had Flamin' Hot flavored anything, I would argue it was one of the first actually hot, hot snacks on the market. June 12th brings a classic to Netflix, season one and two of the cartoon Tom and Jerry Tales. June 28th on Disney+, Plus, we get season two of The Ghost and Molly McGee. It's a macabre yet fun cartoon that I really enjoyed. It reminds me of a spooky Phineas and Ferb. It has that same level of clever wit. Same day on Netflix, season three, volume one of The Witcher, and then volume two is set to come out in July. And then still to be determined, season three of Black Mirror will premiere sometime in June on Netflix. Still no word on when The Uglies movie will come to Netflix, but we did get some updates on password sharing. The official cost to let an additional member outside of your household in the United States use your Netflix account will be $7.99 per month. Those changes have begun rolling out and will continue in the coming weeks. Given the current lack of content, I'm not sure that the incentive is there for that steep of a price. So we'll see how the rollout goes over with users. And then one last thing before I go. We talk about social networks a lot here on the podcast. They're a very important part of marketing nowadays. And it is no secret that my favorite is Instagram. But I want to hear from you. What is your favorite social platform? Send us an email at asgpodcast at ridderim.com or call the podcast hotline at 717 562 7211 Send us a message, let us know what your favorite platform is. And in an upcoming episode, we will give you three tips for the social platform that wins that vote. So if you're looking for LinkedIn tips, vote for that. If you love Facebook more than anything, vote for that. Very simple to do. We even fill out the subject line for you in the link in the notes. And we will also have that survey available on Spotify mobile because, quite frankly, they are currently the only directory that lets us do that. But that is all we've got for you this week. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing and fact check by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen.